All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to this episode of Warrior Week Parables from the Pit. Uh, my guest uh, this week is Dr. Derek Price, yeah. a very close friend of mine, a brother of mine, also one of our coaches inside of the game of Warrior. Um, so we'll get to hear Dr. Derek Price's story, an amazing fucking story. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Parables from the Pit. Uh, Derek, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Sam. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, so, you know, the show is about, the show is about, uh, the, you know, we don't have a big audience, you okay. know, and our intent is not to, to have a big audience. Our intent is to carry the message to, with, that resonates. And right. so our audience, what often they do is that they take the podcast and they send it to a guy that they think they should hear this. And uh, I'm excited to hear your story uh, today. Yeah. Uh, the the name of the the podcast is Parable from the Pit right. because we got stories from the fucking pit and yeah. uh, I know your life story so I know that we're gonna get into that place where yeah. uh, you know once you were and how how you find the path to come out to move and accelerate and focus on you know the growth that you have seen in your life so uh, mm. the story begins. <laughs> At least how I got to know Derek at uh, Kokoro 45. Yeah, that's right. I was 45. That's so right. was uh, I was one of the students attending Kokoro 45. But that, that part of part of this was like six months before attending Kokoro, I started watching these videos. And it was a character that kind of stand out in those videos. And it was always you. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, like, the, the things you would say, yeah. or maybe because you were the big guy. There was something that was just connecting me with you. And yeah. when I saw you at... At Michael Coral, uh, uh, you know, I wasn't expecting you, you be there. So you're like this kind of celebrity to me. And I was like, oh, fuck, it's Derek. And then uh, and then and then, <laughs> and then it didn't go quite the way I wanted to go. Right. Yeah, I know. It, um, you know, it got it got a bit crazy kind of quick. Um, you know, I know who you were, Sam. And we, we all did all the cadre and the team uh, because you'd done a pretty good job of, of representing your training, yeah. you know, coming into it. And uh we followed you and we watched you on your Instagram and on your Facebook and you put it out there because uh, you coach, you know, thousands of people. Yeah. And you got a lot of followers um, and you did a really good job putting your training up there. And we, d we, you know, we noticed it the whole way through. Right. Um, so. So we're getting the same situation in yesterday. So we're going to yeah. move here. Okay. There we go. And we're going to avoid this uh, camera problem. We're going to, we're going to fix it right here. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So anyway, so um, I walk into that particular class. I walk into that class, and I know who you are. And uh, we recognize each other. Yeah. And you say a couple things to me, and it was right before we started, and you're standing there on the grinder. You know, everybody's nervous, and everybody's waiting for this thing to pop off and waiting for the, the grenades and the, the sparks and the hoses, you know, what they anticipate. Um, and they're sweating, and they're dripping, and they're shaking and shivering, and they're just nervous. And, uh, yeah, we, made eye, we make eye contact, and you look over at me, and you're smiling. And I'm like, well, who is this guy? So if you remember, that's when I went and grabbed that handful of uh, pine needles, right? And I started sticking pine needles down the top of the back of your shirt and made this massive bump like a beach ball back there of just super uncomfortable pokey pine needles. Like, ah, oh, that'll take the smile off this guy's face. But uh, sure enough, it didn't. <laughs> I remember that, man. I remember that. Hey, uh, Dr. Derek Price just come in, in inside of this view here. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're done with that camera. So there we go. All right. I remember that, man. And um, so I'm standing there. <laughs> later on, uh, later on, I'm, I'm, I'm doing sit-ups. And yeah. in, in, in doing sit-ups, there's a guy that calls me out from cheating because he's like, hey, listen, man, you're not going all the way down. Yeah. So I'm confused. <laughs> I'm like, coach told me to wear this thing, so I have this thing. Now you tell me to take it off. I'm not sure. He's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, you know, we're looking for fault, right? Like, no, yeah. nobody can be a winner here at the beginning. We can't have everybody just come out and, and do great. We have to uh, uh, represent some stuff. So early on, you know, we're looking for how can I get under your skin? How can I shake you up? How can I rattle you? And, um, you know, you had that crazy smile. and You're looking around like you're enjoying this process. So even though we, we had built this massive lump behind your back, you know, we knew that you couldn't go all the way down. We had to yell at you for something, you know. So, <laughs> Sam, go all the way down. And you're like, I'm going as far back as I can. We're like, not good enough. So, uh, you know, I, I go throughout through that day. I didn't complete that experience. And uh, towards the end of that experience, I talk about this in, in my book, Every Man and Leader. You're also included in that chapter yeah. because you're, you're part of my life. You're part, you're part of a chapter of my life that took place. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was hard because at the end of 16 hours, I was let go. And uh, I was let go, and I was in a place of, like, you know, turbulence of emotion, not knowing, 
you know, part of me was like, oh, shit, I get to go home. I don't have to continue with this shit. But the majority of my, you know, my feelings were like, fuck, man, I, I worked my ass off, like, for 250 days for this. And, like, this cannot be. And, like, just because of a couple of minutes of, you know, being late on a run or whatever. And, uh, and I, remember, uh, I remember you walking towards me and you asked me for, for a talk. You know, I say, hey, man, you yeah. want to talk? Yeah. Um, you know, a, a lot of the, the people that go to those types of courses um, aren't necessarily looking to go into the military. They're not looking to, to be a SEAL. They're looking for a unique individual challenge um, for themselves. And everybody has a reason and a why to it. Um, so when we have somebody that, that, that comes through a program like this and for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. You know, sometimes it's physical. Sometimes you're sick. Sometimes mentally you weren't prepared, whatever. You were very well prepared. But there was just some obstacles that got in your way, you yeah. know, at that particular time, and it didn't work out. And I always feel like the, the student that took the time to invest, that put their time in hard into it, uh, should be able to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you know, I came and found you, and we went inside, if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, we went inside, and we had a really good conversation about what, what was going on, what had happened, um, some things that you could do for going, going forward in the future. And, um, you know, I thought that was a great um, process for both of us. One is I'd like to find out like who you were, what you were about, why you were there. Yes. And all your intentions were honest and your integrity was solid. And, um, you know, that made me immediately like jive with you and say, hey, man, like this is this yes. is a solid person. I didn't know you other than your your post, your Instagram post yes. and Facebook post. And now I'm getting to know who you are. And I realized that realized that what you're doing is authentic. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where the, kind of that bond happened, you know, and. Well, that was that was that was, uh, and I've said I've said this many times too. I've said it also in the book as well. I mean, that was the gift of that mm -hmm. experience for me, my friendship with you, uh, because that's that that conversation sparked the friendship. Because I remember you reaching out to me and said, "Listen, man, like, hey, deal with this. Know that this is you know part of the journey, part of the learning. There's a lesson for you here, and uh, and when you're ready, like, come back, right? Yeah. Come back, and I'll help you get back. You know, sure. hit me up, and I'll and I did, and yeah. I did, and. Um, and, and so the, the, the gift of Kokoro was truly finding your friendship inside of that, because I, I could just imagine me going through that. And even though, like, I can just imagine, right. Finishing the three days and you being part of the process and, and getting somehow some, some, some piece of glory out of that, knowing that fucking Kokoro and the, uh, the tragedy that happened at the end of that Kokoro, it's just like, dude, I, I don't think that the friendship would have forged. So right. the man upstairs knew something. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know, sometimes we we can't see the uh, you know the the forest through the trees, and um, we always think like you know in the in the moment. Yes. Why is this happening to me in this moment? But in the look back, the reality is, had you gone through that day and uh, that camp and everything went perfectly, I'm sure that we'd still be friends. Sure. But we wouldn't have had the opportunity to connect that we did the way no. we did. But um, life put us in that scenario where we got an opportunity to connect. And uh, we've done some amazing things since then. We've had great conversations. I've had an opportunity to coach you. You've yeah. coached me. We work back and forth. I helped we you. We went help fucking in, in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> <and> we like <laughs> we lost <laughs> in the middle of the ocean together. You know, things have been crazy. <laughs> with so. uh, with so-called support, yeah. Will. Yeah. Will. So-called support, <laughs> Will. <laughs> Leaving guys yeah. in the ocean by themselves. <laughs> a Will Tabit smack. Will Tabit. Right <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that in a, in a second. So I... I from that moment, obviously, we've done a bunch of stuff. One of the things that you've done is that you've been inside of the game here with us at mm -hmm. Warrior. You've you've coached and you've seen uh, up close and personal on the other side what guys go through. Mm -hmm. And uh, and today we want to hear your story, right? Today we want to yeah. hear Derek's story. I I know your story really good. Yeah. Uh, but I want to kind of like, I want to kind of like paint the paint the image of who Derek Dr. Derek Price is, and even before Doctor, right? Who mm -hmm. were who was Derek, right? It started from where and what are some of the obstacles that you had to face? Because I know, you know, we'll get to that point, but there's a pivoting point in your life where you were in the deepest fucking pit, like the worst place that you've ever been. Yeah. And ultimately, you found the light out of that pit, which which completely changed your life. Sure. So we're going to talk about that. And, uh, and why don't you just take us to how did this whole thing started? Well, you know, um, Sam, to give you the most honest answer, I have to kind of go back to the very beginning because I think that uh, your life experiences, they sum up to make you who you are, yeah. right? And when I go back to the beginning, um, I have grown up in a, in a single-parent family. I was unfortunate that I lost my father early on in life. When I was seven years old, he, he passed away from brain cancer. And I had a, a mom who's just a saint and um, 
just worked her butt off doing everything she could as a teacher and, and running extra classes and et cetera. But I also had two younger brothers. So from an early on point of view, I got put in that role of, of kind of taking over the man's uh, obligations and not necessarily providing. I was seven years old. Who, what am I going to provide for? Right. But to step up and be somebody that just had to get things done, somebody that, that had to take authority, had to, you know, try and contribute. I mean, I had the paper route, you know, I was out there at 4 a.m. doing my thing. Um, going through high school, everything goes good. Um, mom comes to me and she's like, hey, college is super important, but um, I don't have any money, you yeah. know, and uh, I don't know what you're going to do about that. Um, so knowing that early on, I said, well, if I'm going to go to college, you know, I got to get a scholarship. So put all the extra hours in and did everything I had to do from, you know, the, my mentors and coaches, amazing coaches that helped me along the way. They got me there, you know, and, you know, first time out of the box, I go to junior college from a high school. Um, I wanted to go play huge football, but I just wasn't ready for it. My body wasn't ready. I, I didn't have the experience. I wasn't there. Go to junior college and, uh, you know, right out of the chute, hurt my knee, kind of sit out the year, have a, have a good training in the offseason, come back the second year. And, and I had a, enough interest at that point in time that I actually had a bunch of colleges calling me, trying to give me scholarships. And How old were you by then? I'm probably like 19 years old here, you know, um, 19 years old. Going so, so hold on one second. So sure. I want to I I go back. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you obviously uh, faced tragedy and pain very early on yeah. right, at age of seven. Sure. Uh, you, losing losing your dad, man. Like, it's just like that's 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 like something that pulls you in a pretty dark place at that age. Emotionally feelings and then being in a place where money is challenged, you know, oh, yeah. and then and then having to count on yourself. You said like you were passing papers and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in order to get some extra just extra change. Yeah. And, and to kind of become a father figure mm -hmm. almost by 19 for your brothers, like yeah, by default. Yeah. yeah, by default, you know, but it's just, um, it's the world that I know, you know what I mean? So I can say, you know, I didn't know that we didn't have a lot of money until later on in life I look back and now I have bills. Yeah. And I go, <laughs> Mom, how did you do that? <laughs> you know, Shit. like, well done, you know. Um, you know, tortillas and butter for breakfast were a staple in the house back then, and you just think that's what it is until you learn later on that that's because... It, that's what's affordable at the time, you know. You know, it's crazy because I I, I, I go back to um I, I go back to my childhood, right? Mm -hmm. And this, this podcast, man, like you know, we we don't fucking, you know, we, we have nothing to hide. Uh, I go back to my childhood, and I remember we it was nineteen uh, nineteen eighty eight, and we've just uh you know kind of like escaped from Iran and declared refugee status in Canada. And it was the first couple of months where we were in the transition of moving on my uncle's house and getting my own apartment. Um, so, yeah, you talked about tortillas and butter. Uh, we were, us was uh, cornflakes and, and sugar, like pure yeah. sugar on, and water, yeah. right? Because not often we had milk. And if it, you know, if milk was there, great. Uh, if it wasn't, it would be water. And, uh, you know, not too long ago, I found myself eating that with my son. And as I was I was eating the cornflakes, I, I had this urge to go get some like sugar. And I don't I don't I don't eat sugar, man. Like the white sugar stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, there's all kind of shit right now, stevia and all kind of shit, yeah. right? So I'm like, no, man, I need some sugar. And somehow I found it in the home and I put it on it. And I explained to my son that, you know, this is this is what we were eating most of the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember at night, this this is this is uh, you know. I, I guess at that time it was a bit embarrassing, but today it's part of life. I, I, we would drive around with my dad's car, and we would go on Tuesdays or on Tuesdays or on Thursdays, I don't know. But Tuesday and Thursday night, we would go and, like, pick up things in people's garbage, like, yeah. you know, maybe an old sofa or toys. And, yeah. and a lot of my, my toys and a lot of my shit came out for shit that people, put, you know, put out. And I'm, I'm grateful for the fact that, you know, I had some shit and the people that put it out. But that's the kind of shit that used to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, I've, I've shopped at the day-old bakeries. I've shopped at the dented tuna can stores, you know, and, and there's no shame in that. Um, I actually take pride in, in how I came up. And uh, there's a, a lot of people that came up a lot worse than me, so I'm, yeah. not, I'm not belly aching about it at all. It, it is what it is. My life is what it is. I love it. wouldn't change anything. There's definitely a relationship between people who have early-on adversity yeah. and deal with it and their overall success uh, later on in life. Mm. Uh, a lot of the guys I know that I look up to have very similar stories. Something mm -hmm. around that, like, 12 to 15 years old in that ballpark went completely south on them, and they were able to sort it out, recover, and rebound. 
And maybe it's through like that training that they got that as other things came at them in life, like they just, oh man, easy day, you know, compared to what I'd been through before, like easy, no problem. You know, part of it, part of it is, is, uh, because you mentioned training, part of it could be, you know, intuition and self-training. And and for me, I think a lot of it was, uh, you know, just this belief in God, right? Mm -hmm. Just believe in God and getting guidance and and these little signs that I would get from time. I think, no, I don't understand much. And I couldn't interpret that, those signs and those conversations. But now that I look back as an adult, you know, as if as if somebody was watching over me, you know what I mean? Sure. And uh, and so uh, looking at the roadmap of what the early, early ages of your childhood, my childhood, there was this. How was the presence of God in, in for you at, at that time? You know, that, that's a great question, Sam. It's something I, I look back on quite a bit now. Um, I've definitely been blessed, you yeah. know, like I've definitely been blessed and uh, not just in experiences. I've lived a remarkable life. I, my list of things I've done is is. Sometimes I look at it and I'm even like, wow, you know, like if I start listing things, it gets a little bit crazy. But I was also blessed in the way that, you know, um, and not being egotistical, but I I was given a gift. I was given genetics that allowed me to run a certain speed, to grow to a certain height, to become a certain strength and have the coordination to hold it all together to the level to where people thought that, hey, we should pay this guy to play sports. Right, 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 right. um, I think, you know, if if, if you're going to be a professional athlete, there's some level of that that just came with here's the here's the vehicle you get to drive on this earth and it's it's not just a willpower if i really really want it i can be a pro athlete no. 100%. you're either running a four or five and you're 260 pounds and you <laughs> bench press 500 pounds or you don't you yeah. know like yeah. it's one or the other and it doesn't matter how hard you want that so not to say that all dreams can't be worked towards yes but there there is a limitation or, or what I like to call like there's a potential. Yes. And we you and I have had this discussion. There's a potential. We have a potential within us. And uh, and that's really become my true focus and yeah. my passion now. And it came out early on in, in when I became a physician and I'm seeing patients to when I ran CrossFit gyms, um, doing some personal coaching, working with Spartan Seven, working with SealFit, working with Warrior. It's always been about trying to bring people to their highest level yeah. so they can realize their best potential. Right. So getting the most out of hundred percent. So we go back to nineteen. There you are, like you get into the world of football in college, and mm-hmm. you're pretty good at it. Like, let's just put that straight that out. Yeah. Well, I, there's a lot of guys that are a whole lot better than me. You know, <laughs> I've just a lot of times I was in the right place at the right time, and I just happened to be on the field when good things happened. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, how did your your career actually led you to, uh, to inside of the NFL? Yeah. So I, I go through the I um you know a big pivot point for me was uh, and this really allowed me. To to uh, learn to trust my gut, mm. you know. So, like I said, after my freshman year at junior college, I had offers and full scholarships to go play football other places, and that's ultimately the dream. Junior college is kind of a stepping stone to move you on to the next level, and I had the opportunity to take those, and uh, I had a coach, David Rice, great coach, who sat me down and said, hey, listen, uh, your potential is going to allow you to do more. You just got to let it mature a little bit. So I'm going to tell you, don't take those scholarships. I mean, and that's, the, that's that low temptation. It's that right here, right now. Right, right. And don't take those. Come back, put another year of work in, and let's see what happens. So, and so you were 19. And I'm 19. So Dude, I, how, do you, how, do you, like, how do you like how do you deal with a decision like that? Because it's pretty attractive. Yeah, it's super attractive. You know, it's one of those things that um, by that point in my life, and maybe it was because I came up the way that I did, I had learned to trust my intuition, trust yes. my gut, and not go against it. And my gut said, I feel like I can accomplish more. So I come back that second year in junior college and uh, end up, you know, player of the year and <laughs> all this, all that, and blue chip All-American and, you know, et cetera. Uh, a lot of things just went my way that year. And, uh, you know, I pretty much had scholarships anywhere I wanted to go. I chose University of Iowa. Yeah. And I was a Hawkeye for the next three years after that. Fuck yeah. And then uh, what happened next? So uh, I finished up uh, college football at University of Iowa. Um, football was a means to an end for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't have the ability to pay for college. That was my way to pay for college. I love the camaraderie, right? I love the guys. I love hanging out with the guys. I love uh, uh, being in a group that has the same, a similar purpose, and we're all moving in the same direction, the same heartbeat. The games and the, the fanfare, that wasn't me. Uh, the, the spotlights and the interviews, that, that wasn't my jam. Um, so I didn't love football. I loved the people I was with. Got it. So as we finished college, I'm, I basically am ending that chapter in my life, and I decide, hey, I'm going to go home. I'm a, I graduate college, I graduate University, University of Iowa, I'm going to go home and I'm going to get a job. And, you know, I guess that's, that's where this is going. And uh, Chuck Long, who uh, was the runner-up to um, 
Bo Jackson for the Heisman was one of my coaches at Iowa at the time. I'm just blessed. The guy picked up the phone. And this, this is one man's action, right? Guy decides on a Tuesday, picks up the phone, calls me. Hey, Derek, it's Coach Long. You're going to regret if you don't give it a shot. Huh. You do whatever you want, but I just wanted to tell you that. I felt like I, I was prompted. I need to tell you that. I said, okay. You know what? This guy had thought enough to call me. If I'm back in Arizona, he's in Iowa to call me. He has no gain from this whatsoever. Now I'll give it a shot. So I, I make some calls, and I get, get some um, um, training sessions set up, and I get scouted a bit, and things work out well, and I sign as an undrafted free agent you know, the day of the, the, day of the draft and go up to Detroit and end up making the team as an undrafted free agent, make the active roster, and pretty much played in every game going through the season. And you know, tragedy strikes in the, in the season, much like your, yeah, your microphone just now. Right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's unexpected, right? Out yep. of nowhere. So then, <laughs> this thing is uh, pretty interesting, but uh, for those of you who can see it, you can see the situation that we are in. Uh, for those of you that can hear us, uh, just imagine that the mic just dropped. But we're going to fix that. Inside of that, uh, how long were you part of the uh, uh, Detroit? Yeah, so I had, uh, I've, I've had one full year. So came in and played uh, for a year. And without four games left, Sam, I'm running down on a kickoff and uh, – you know, the game was different back then. We were just, you know, just smash heads, break face masks. That was the game. Yes. And uh, so, you know, I'm trying to do my best. And I dive into a pile, and, and my neck goes one way, my body goes the other way, and my arm goes numb. Okay. Um, I don't lay down. I, you know, I'm able to get off the field, and I just feel like I have a stinger, which is like just like a lightning bolt just shot through my arm. You know, I can't feel my fingers. I'm standing there on the sidelines. I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is painful, but. You were, still on, you were still on the field? Oh, yeah, 100,000 okay. people watching, you know. Like oh, we're on TV. You know, it's an NFL game, you know. I'm on TV. Wow. Like, I'm not going to lay on the field. You know, if I, I don't have to, I'll get off the field. Um, I don't say anything to anybody, and uh, I keep playing, you know. And I have four more games, and it just can, gets continually worse. And every time— What I'm, happened in between, like, when you went home and shit like that? Like, you, you just wow. keep kept it as a secret? Yeah, man. Like, like uh, they didn't even tell, like, uh, the, 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 the players or no, the coaches? No, no, no. Back in those days, um, we were paid every week. And if you got cut, like, you're, you're done getting paid. No guarantee. The pressure contract. is on. Yeah, man. So, so you're like, okay, I'm going to deal with this I, I got to stay injury. out of the training room. Like, I, in my opinion, I, I, I'm lucky to be here. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. lucky to be here. Um, heck, I even asked the coach once. I was like, why don't you guys throw me the ball more? And he's like, because I don't even, still don't even know your name. I'm like, okay, check. <laughs> now I know where I'm at, right? <laughs> he's like, because that's Barry Sanders, that's Herman Moore, that's Brett Perryman, and you're, I still don't know you. I was like, okay, point made. You know? <laughs> um, so I'm lucky to be here. So I'm hiding out from the trainers, man. The last thing I want to do, I'm, you know, I'm on the field every day. I'm on the field playing Talk the games on Sundays. Talk about fucking stress, man. But I'm, I'm going to hold this one down myself, you know. <sighs> okay, okay. But we get to the last game, and um, I can vividly remember I was lining up as a fullback and uh, going doing some motion plays and doing some lead blocking for Barry Sanders, amazing, amazing human, um, and just smashing heads with linebackers. And every time before the play, I was just thinking, like, this might be the time when it, like, really goes. You know, Shit. like, my arm's numb, my neck hurts, I can't feel half of my spine, like, things are, things are bad. But, hey, as luck would have it, it didn't. You know, I was able to escape and um, get home after the season and uh, do my best to to try and rehabilitate a little bit. But, you know, I think you and I spoke a little about the difference between being hurt and being injured. Yeah, yeah. I had hoped that I was hurt. Yeah. And I had written this up in my mind that I was hurt. Mm. And uh, just work hard and work hard. It'll go away. Work hard. It'll go away. Um, I re-signed another contract, come back to Detroit, and uh, you know, realize I'm injured, man, because now everybody's looking at me going, what's wrong with your arm? Why is it shaking? Why is it the size of a toothpick? You lost so all so the before you realize that you were injured, right, let's right. just go back okay. to, to, you know, y y you're hoping that, uh, that you're hurt. Right. Um, but then, like, what are, what, are, what are things that are happening inside of your head? Because, like, you're like, what if it is an injury? And what if yeah. fucking I, you know, what if I lose my arm? And what happens to my career? Like, what was some of the... the the thoughts that hmm. you allowed in your mind, or maybe you didn't. You say, fuck no, off. It, it's no. just I definitely did. You know, it's, it's, it's unique that you're asking me that because I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before. No, because that's the no. place where we're fucking that's alone, uh, man. Yeah, and um, if I'm being honest, um, I knew when it first happened um, that that was it. Mm. I knew that that was it, uh, so, but I just, you know, it, hey, if you ignore a problem, it'll go away. Right. Put the dust I'll under the carpet. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to bury it. 
and I'm a tough guy through this and it's going to get better. But when I was at home, you know, in the off season, I'm trying to work out, my arms getting weaker and weaker, my tricep and my whole left arm kind of deteriorated down to like the size of a, you could see a it, high right? school girl's arm. You know, I couldn't, by the time I had surgery, Sam, the, the surgeon put a 10 pound weight in my hand. I couldn't, I couldn't push it off my body. So, so, so here you are looking at yourself. Like I want you to bring yourself back to, to seeing yourself in the mirror and seeing your arm, right? Yeah. You're looking at your arm and this thing is like, like kind of like without a shirt. And this thing is like smaller than the other size. By a lot. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was a little concerned. <laughs> and inside of that, like, like, did your mind go somewhere ever thinking that, what am I risking here? You know, um, I don't think I ever got around to uh, what am I risking anymore, Yeah, you know, because um, I, I don't know that I had that mindset, you know. I, I, I didn't have the mindset of worrying about me. It hadn't been something I've been that concerned about. Yeah, as young as um, young guys, I get that. We're, we don't. I don't. Yeah, I, we it, don't it click. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that. You know, I I lived. I was 22 years old. I'm living in the moment. You know, like I'm right here, right now. But you had no one to share this with either. I had to keep it under wraps. Yeah, man. Yeah, because well, so I had a one year contract at Detroit, and uh, so I go home, um, and I'm I'm at home injured, waiting to get another contract. Yeah, and they I call see. me on the phone. We negotiated a contract. I signed it. I can't. Hey, I got a broke arm. Yeah, and, that would have been. And my neck is it. busted. And you know, I'm done. You know, so, um, so but it was when I came back to that first, you know, that OTA, that first camp. Yeah. That um, you know, everybody was like, "Whoa, what, what's going on with you?" You know, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Like everything's normal." Well, now nah, they whisked me away and had a bunch of MRIs done, and you know, a couple weeks. They later, noticed the arm. <laughs> yeah. Couple, I mean, I'm 260 pounds with a with a. 12-inch arm on the left side and a 20-inch arm on the other side. So, Fuck. yeah, it was pretty bad. So they, they take me out to California. And, uh, again, I was blessed. I had an amazing agent who yeah. got me to the right surgeon, the right facility. And, uh, you know, I had some blessed surgeons that took care of me. And uh, just it What was the was issue? Amazing. Uh, ended up just breaking my neck. Just you know. So just, the neck was broken all this time? Yeah. So it was broken. Like broken, broken, or fractured? Uh, well, it was similar. Same, same. So basically on the, on the MRI you see a bunch of bone fragments and the disc had ripped out and it was all in the in the space that the nerve goes through and it was all compressed in there it's called like a sequestered disc and fragmented and it pushed the nerves on the arm pushed the nerves going to the arm so a lot you know a lot of times i used to say like oh my shoulder's really hurt maybe i have a shoulder issue and then a shoulder issue i'm just going to deal with it right but it was the nerves going from the neck to the shoulder that were damaged but my brain would recognize that as shoulder pain i see but the reality was it was all smashed was it neck. was it also critical meaning that another shock to it could have actually make your like neck yeah. snap and from you know you could be paralyzed well, or die yeah you know at that at that level i mean you think about you got you know fucking 260 neck. pound guys going i'm going to run at you you run at me and you know with a broken fucking uh, neck uh, let's smash faces as hard as we can right there's a lot of force that it generates that way so um, yeah, I got I got scared stiff by the surgeons that were like, this could have happened and that could have happened and this you know you're lucky and you're lucky and you're lucky and you're lucky and and uh, maybe I was and I was lucky you know I had I had the surgery and uh, plates and screws and bolts and all that stuff put in the front of my neck and um, you know I go back to Detroit after that after the surgery thinking okay I'm gonna recover from this I'm gonna play and the reality was the insurance wouldn't cover me anymore they wouldn't let me play and I had a very honest coach Bobby Ross pulls me into the office and. He said, hey, man, uh, you know, I like you. You're a great kid. Uh, people around here like you. The players like you. Coaches like you. But um, even if you could clear that insurance, because I was going to petition it and fight it, he goes, I will never play you. Jeez. You will never play on the field for me because it's the wrong thing to put you into that position. Wow. So we sat there for a second. There was a moment of silence. And he said, but, you know, here's the deal. Um, we did sign a contract. We're going to honor the contract. And uh, you can be on injured reserve and you can hang out all year. And you can travel with the team, and you can be part of it, and you can have fans, and you're still there, and you know, be on the sidelines, and be on the bus, and and live that life, you know, you know, for another year. Or we shake hands, and you go get started. You go do whatever you're gonna do. Wow. It took me about five seconds. I said, Coach, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Goodbye. And Walk you were the door. How old were you? Um, 23 at the time. So okay, so we're gonna roll back, yeah, and and we're gonna slow down on that five seconds, right? Yeah. Okay, this is the fucking NFL we're talking about, bro. We're talking about, like, <laughs> national TV. We're talking yeah. about, like, fans. We're talking yeah. about, like, a prestige life. And we're talking about a fat paycheck. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, things were going good. So, 
you could have that for another year. Yeah. Like, think about it. Here, here's how you could think about it. You're like, okay, listen, I'm going to take a year. I'm going to decompress. Mm -hmm. I'm going to build myself mentally. I'm going to collect the paycheck. I'm going to be part of this. I'm going to figure out inside of that what opportunities I'm going to find. Or mm -hmm. you just said, if it's done, it's done. Yeah. Like, what's the point? Yeah, that's exactly I it. I didn't sign up to be a fucking... You know, somebody that, that I don't sign up to be a fucking water boy. Right. I sign up to play, and if I can't play, I'm gonna go play somewhere else. That's right. That's so, exactly it. So that's the power of. What do you think that came from, man? Is it the years of of you being able to just, you know, count gonna, on you? I'm gonna go back to. Uh, I trust myself. Yes. Right. I, I have a great trust for myself, and again, that's not an egotistical thing. I'm not boasting. It's not. Uh, it's not a power that I have that you or anybody else doesn't. Yeah. But um, I listened to my voice, and um, you know the voice was, "You're you're not the guy that's going to stand on the sidelines and get any soul satiety here." Like that that chapter just closed, so you can sulk, you can fake it and hang out, yeah, or you can start this new adventure. And yeah. and who knows what that adventure is? I didn't know what that adventure was. Um, so I literally go home, hang out with some of my mentors. Again, my life is filled with mentors. I've been blessed to always have, like, the right people come into my life at the right times. Hanging out with a couple guys, a, a guy named Dr. Jeff Glaus comes into my life, and uh, we start pounding around a little bit, and he's like, hey, man, you should, you should go, you should go to, to chiropractic school. You'd be great at it. You love fitness. You love health. You love changing people. I see you broke your own there. fucking neck. You should you know, know you, more you about it. You understand neck pain more than anybody <laughs> on the planet. Like, <laughs> so you I won't ask anybody to do yeah. anything you haven't done or yeah. had happen to you. <laughs> so I, I, I go, well, that's a great idea. Which one should I go to? He goes, well, there's one in Iowa. It's called Palmer. You should go there. I said, okay, cool. Yeah. So um, this was, you know, I hate to date myself, but this is before the internet, you know. I'm, and I'm married now, yeah. right? I'm married to my wife, Heather. Um, and I, I call so her up. How old was your wife at that time? Uh, Heather, if I married her at 24, she was 23. So let's talk about that because th there was another person involved in this decision, right? Yeah. When, when you have a girlfriend or your, your fiancé or, in this case, your wife, mm -hmm. it's a wife of an NFL player. Like, like mm -hmm. that's the status that she has. Yeah. Because we tend to dismiss this, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's true. Like, status actually matters. Like, it mm -hmm. fuels us and it gives us significance. Right. It doesn't matter who the fuck you are. You can be the t toughest guy, you know. The fact that, you know, you know you're the toughest guy that gives you fucking status and significance. Mm -hmm. So here, here's your wife mm -hmm. married to an NFL player, which, which is like a status for her. Right. Now, all that is gone. Instantly. Like, how did she, how you know, did she, she dealt she, with this, man? Because it must have been hard mm -hmm. for her, too, man. You know, um, you would think that. Yeah. But that's not her either. And, I, again, I keep saying it again. It's like a broken record. I'm blessed, right? Yeah. I was blessed to meet my soulmate who sees life the way I see it. Mm. And uh, we've been married, you know, 25 years now, um, happily and super, super happily. I'm not just saying that because she's in the next room. Like, it's legit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I said, hey, uh, here's our situation. What do you think? She's like, well, what do you think? I said, well, let's go to chiropractic school in Iowa. She's like, okay. So we got on the phone and said, we're. What does she have to give up? Well, she was an Arizona Cardinal cheerleader. And uh, she was captain, Shit. and she was heading to the Pro Bowl. And it was one of those things that was like, you know, she can't go down that path if I'm going down this path. And so she said, okay, I'm done. That's it. Went into her coach, and she said, hey, I'm married. My husband's going this way. He's a Detroit Lion. I'm going. And It's and, that, and it's that trust that kind of pours. Exactly. You know, exactly from, right. from like because you, you kind of shower in it. Mm -hmm. She yeah. gets to be part of it too, like that yeah. confidence, that certainty. Right. I, we're talking about twenty-three. Like you understand that most twenty-three-year-old have their fucking head in a bathroom in a toilet, including myself at that time, because <laughs> we were fucking blacked out. So yeah, like man. this is pretty like this is pretty solid decision, yeah. uh, in in front of real tragedy that like life has put in front of you. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Like when you look back and in your marriage, and you know today you have three daughters and you share stories about you and your mom. It's like, man, it's it's not just like, we don't call this thing soulmate just because it's, it's fucking fancy to mm -hmm. say so. It's because we have sacrificed for each other. Oh, like for we've sure. Like, we've trusted each other. For sure. She she has sacrificed for me. Um, I honestly, I, I have no scenario where where I've ever had to really sacrifice for her, Sam. So in, in all fairness, um, she has made allowed life decisions uh, as a team, as the two of us, 
to to trend in what I needed to go do. And she's you know, been I, just I, amazing. I'm thinking about what you said, and it, this may be a very common thing for all men. Right. Because I truly feel that my wife has done a number of sacrifices very similar to yours for me. But as far as I can roll back, I, I can't really recall a sacrifice. I mean, I worked hard. You mm -hmm. worked hard. Sure. We, we worked our ass off and, you know, provide for family and, and create opportunities. But man, like, I got to be mm -hmm. honest. Like, I haven't, like, I haven't sacrificed. You know, yeah. she had. Like, I just, I no. just have to be fucking. And I don't know if this is a common thing between men or not. I'll, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to study this shit. I'm gonna figure I know this you out. will. I'm going to figure this out because if it's a common thing, then what is it, what is it that causes women to sacrifice for men? I don't know. I, I, I can only speak about mine. I can only speak about Heather, about my wife. And w um, from day one, we, you know, we went on a date. We went on a blind date out of high school. So, yeah, yeah. To, you know, somebody that listening to this podcast may not realize uh, where Heather and I started. We yeah. started like the summer we graduated high school. We went on a blind date. And on that very first blind date, I said to her, wouldn't it be funny if we ended up getting married? <laughs> you know, because we're on a blind date, right? And um, lo and behold, we do, right? Five we date for five years. I go to Iowa. She stays at Arizona State. Long-distance relationship. It works, which most of them, as you know, most, don't. Yeah, you know? Especially at that age, Come right? on, Come man. On, dude. I'm a college football player. She's a cheerleader, and it works. Both of you guys are super popular. Both of it, it works. And she goes on to be an, an Arizona Cardinal cheerleader. I'm a Detroit Lions player, and she... Throws in the towel on all of it. Says I'm with, I'm I'm on I'm on your team. Let's do this together. And Shit. so it's like as soon as she decided to make that move, and we get married. I'm like, okay, I know you signed up to be an NFL wife. Check it out. Like that's over. So you pursue the uh, uh, the career of becoming a doctor. You become a doctor. You open a multi mm -hmm. multi million dollar clinics mm -hmm. for the past twenty years. You've been yeah. uh, been running them, growing that, growing the businesses, multiple branches, helping thousands of patients. Thousands. Like healing. I often said that to you, like, bro, like, it, you're a healer. Just to be proximity of you, it just heals something. And then using your hand, putting your hand on them, adjusting and helping mm -hmm. them, lifestyle, mm -hmm. health. And a, a lot of times it's just above and beyond that because, you know, they kind of they kind of open up to you. It's like, yeah. here, here's, here's yeah. how my body's fucked up, but here's how my life yeah. is fucked up. So uh, being a provider yes. uh, allowed me to, to hone a craft that I didn't know would shape my future. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is... I have had the opportunity to have so many patients come into my life, um, you know, 50, 80, 100 new patients a month for yeah. 20 years. Fuck. That's a lot of, that's a lot a lot of, of touching. people, that's man. That's a lot of people that I realized um, pain, discomfort, illness, sickness, infirmity, whatever, is very rarely a one-to-one -one relationship. It's not my neck hurts because of this or I have headaches because of that. It's always multifaceted. And as I became more mature in my practice and as a provider, I learned to delve into things and discuss, well, tell me about your home life and tell me about what do you do for fun? What are you doing for recreation? Well, outside of, you know, this exercise that I've given you, like, let's talk about your diet and nutrition because food is a drug, too. And sure. We need to fuel you with, with healthy stuff. And I really started to develop what is now how I do my personal executive coaching. Yeah. Um, I started it back then without knowing it. Yeah. Because, you know, as a chiropractor... I can't give you a surgery or a pill. Yeah. You're literally coming to me yeah. in its most truest essence and saying, I have XYZ problem, and I'm looking at that and saying, well, here's what I can deliver to you. Yeah. And it's 90% information. Yeah. Hey, go home, do this, do this, eat this, let's lose this much weight, let's get more flexible here, let's strengthen these muscles, blah, 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 and sorting it out, right? Yeah. Um, so what what's the what's the program's name? You said uh Yeah, so so I have a, a company now that I'm the CEO and founder of. Um, it is called High Powered Life. So High Powered Life. Uh I want to talk about that because you and I you and I went back and forward multiple mm -hmm. times on this. High Powered Life is truly uh it's truly about three things, right? right. It, it's about uh it's about the biology of a man, it's about mm -hmm. what what a lot of people out there call like health and wellness, mm -hmm. but we're not going to use those fucking fancy word. Yeah. And we're going to just get to the point of listen, man, like if you don't know what's going on with your body, if you're not on top of your body and if you're not here anymore, then there's no point in even continuing in point 2 and 3. He's like sure. first check is your body, your biology, mm -hmm. understanding of your biology and being happy, not only with your self-image, but how how your body makes you feel internally, mm -hmm. right? Sure. Hormones, food, and oh, all kind absolutely. of stuff. Like the list yeah. goes on. You're an expert at. Yeah. Second layer of this is uh, what's going on on the inside. Because on right. the outside, biologically, we're all very 
you know, similar, mm -hmm. uh, but on, it's on the inside that changes everything about our biochemistry. And this is our experiences, how we think, and our relationship. With, I often say with ourselves, with God, with others. And inside of that, managing these multiple relationships, right? right? Which, which ultimately you put the, the outside and the inside together. And like you have found an interesting intersection of these two. And an mm -hmm. acceleration of that intersection mm -hmm. into a almost an infinite destination. Yeah. So, why don't you talk about what that third pillar, what it is? Because sure. that that's truly, I believe, in your program, you have created multiple blueprints that will lead a man towards that third destination. And I'm going to have you talk about that, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about like. What fucking qualifies you sure, to, e yeah. to even <laughs> get there, right? Probably the most important well, point. Well, right? I know because I've, yeah. I've followed it, right? Yeah. So I, I just want to like list it down. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. So um, in my discussions with, uh, with thousands of patients, I have used big words. And I have impressed myself with using <laughs> big words as much as possible. That was funny. And, but, but, but here's the reality is, is people don't understand what I'm saying. So I have discovered that brilliance and comes from what's the least amount of words I can use and what's the simplest way that I can relay this information. So I've come up with this like a visual. I think if you see a visual, it makes sense to you. So think of, for, the, for, for those of you guys that, that can't see this right now, uh, a three-legged stool. Yeah. Okay, I visualize a three-legged stool, and that encompasses how I look at humanity, how I look at a person. Uh, the top, the, the stool itself, the, 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 is the platform. Yeah. And that platform is what supports your weight. It's, it's you. And in this particular, when I'm breaking down the human being, that platform is your total life experience. And that big circle is your margin of experience. And you're right in the center of it. And personal growth happens when you grow that platform. But it's supported by three legs of the stool. And all three legs of the stool have to be balanced. You can't have a stool where one leg is shorter, one leg is longer, one leg is more robust, because then it's going to be out of balance. And of those three legs that... that that I have found that worked for me when I identified is the health and wellness, obviously, um, is one of the legs. The relationships, uh, Sam, is the, is the other leg. And the, the one that you're getting at is the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And the pursuit of happiness often gets overlooked because it comes across as being greedy. It comes across as being, you know, self-indulgent. Oh, I want to be happy. I want to go talk to people about being happy. Um, who am I to deserve to be happy? Listen, you, you should be happy. Listen, you're given a life. You should be happy. Why should you not be in the pursuit of happiness? Like, has anybody ever been happy and said, hey, man, I wish I really wasn't happy? The answer is no. That has never happened. So when you take those three, what I call pillars, health and wellness, relationships, and pursuit of happiness, it's those three pillars that support you, the platform. And they sum together to create, give you your volume, the, your platform. But it's not within those pillars that you can make changes. Mm. And, and I, don't, I think health and wellness is too big of a category. I think relationships is too big of a category. Pursuit of happiness is too big of a category. See, I can make changes to that level, to that paragraph. So it is the foundation. I, I believe in the three systems. The foundations that, that encompass each one of those pillars is where I can get to a quantifiable, identi identifiable metric. For example, health and wellness. One of the foundations of that might be cardiovascular. It could be strength. It could be work capacity. It could be your blood panel. It could be your food allergies. It could be anything that having to do with your health and wellness. But for simplistic purposes, let's just say we're talking about Sam's cardiovascular fitness. Mm. And Sam's cardiovascular fitness is measured in running because that's what he likes to do. Mm. Well, I can easily look at that and say, Sam, right now you're running two miles. And it makes sense logistically and logically that if you're running five or six miles, your cardiovascular health may improve, right? Everybody would agree with that. That's something I can look at, I can track, I can record, I can measure. But most important, Sam, I can make an action plan on how to get from that two miles to that five miles. Yeah. Because and you and I discussed this. If the longest, Sam, that you've ever run is two miles, then that's your margin of experience. That's your circle. You're the X in the middle. That's your circle. And that two miles is the, end, is the, is the outer margin. You don't know what's outside of that circle. You've never been there. You can hypothesize. Sure. You can read books about it, but you've never been there, so you don't know. But unfortunately, people, they don't know that space, and they try and jump from where they are from A to Z, and it never works. 
It never works. And it's most, most noticeable in what's what I call a yo-yo diet. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, listen, all of the information on planet Earth <laughs> right now is free via the yeah. Internet. There's no secrets out there. I don't have a secret sauce. There's no magic bullets. Nobody has a secret sauce anymore. Um, everybody knows. And you know what? In intuitively, hey, if I want to lose weight, I'm going to eat five chicken breasts a day and five heads of broccoli right. and a gallon right. of water, sleep for eight hours and work out every right. day. Listen, hey, there you go. You're welcome. Thanks for the podcast. Goodbye. That's how you get healthy. Okay. The reality is people won't do that. No. Because they don't comprehend why to do that. They don't comprehend how to make that happen. It's not part of their natural life. Yep. But most important, the word I'm circling around right now, it's not a habit. Yeah. You have to create habits, and habits develop in baby steps. Mm -hmm. Baby step habits done over a long period of time become a reality, and then that's what ultimately shapes you as who you are. Yes. So in, in the process of building small habits over a long period of time, you have a sustainable, lifelong change. That I go well, to A to B to C to look, D. Look, man, I'm going to go straight to the fucking point. And is right. that is, like, there's a lot of people that use this keyword habit, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's, like, thousands of fucking books, habit this, habit mm -hmm. that, and do this, increase. Like, here's the reality, right? When you get with a guy like Derek, yeah. you're getting to a, a proximity to a guy of experience. A guy that that like 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 straightforward man. We spent a couple yeah. of years with each other, right, and right. like never once you would open your mouth about something that you don't know. So if you suck ass at it, like mm -hmm. you're like, bro, I suck ass at it. Like I probably should listen. No. But if you've done it, and if you experience it, and if you let it, mm -hmm. you will lead it. Like that hundred percent, I've witnessed. So in a, like, you've you've been the NFL guy, right? Right. Yeah. You've been the you actually you've been the guy that has faced tragedy and you've lost your dad, your mm -hmm. father figure. And like in that, you have to like ultimately be self-made. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why all these mentors have kind of showed up in your life and you have been open to it because at the end of it, all of us need guidance. Yes. Like we all need, like they often say a journey of fucking 200 days can be accomplished in two days if you have the right guide. Yeah. Or else you go around the tree and come back and up the mountain and all you needed to go is just go straight forward and get mm -hmm. to the lake. Mm -hmm. So guidance it, like was was it you were open to guidance always 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 and to this day to this day. and so it is absolutely natural that in your own pursuit of happiness you're guiding absolutely you know um an excellent point you made sam i believe you shouldn't talk about something unless you've been about that something mm. and i take that to heart um i'm i'm well uh well read and well versed in a lot of areas of life but I don't think that I'm at a level where I, sh I should talk about and tell you how to live your life. Yes, you know? yes. Um, but there are levels where I feel like I can. Yes. And, in, you know, in the health and wellness sector, listen, man, like, I'm, I'm not blowing my own horn. I have 50 triathlons. I have five Ironmans. Swam the English Channel. Swam Alcatraz. Um, Kokoro fucking Kokoro, with honor. Coach 27 Hell Week camps, you know. Um, marathons, bunch of lifelong jujitsu student, you know. Like yeah, it, it let's goes, talk about that. Gone. We didn't talk about jujitsu. <laughs> how many years? <laughs> Been doing it for a while. Been doing it for so, a while. So, like three, four times a week. Yeah, right now I have an amazing gym back home, uh, Tiger's Lair, and I, yeah. I, I get to uh, with Pedro Diaz is my head sensei, and um, it's perfect for me because you know uh, we're going a little bit off track, but. It's a perfect environment. Listen, nah, I'm, man, I'm 48 years old. It's not, it's not off old. track, man. I'm, like I'm, discipline, yeah. order, structure, all that gets built on those on those practices. Yeah, it's habits, right? right? It's it, habits. Every morning at 5 a.m. I go to the gym. But that's why I rather fucking call it jujitsu. That's why I rather yeah. call it like you, you know, doing the push up or running, yeah. rocking, swimming, all the shit that you yeah. do or you made me do and we did together yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because then it sounds real. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is real. It, it, so like, and and here, and part of your program, because I've experienced it, is like, hey man, when when you sign up with me and we're gonna do some shit, we're gonna do things really fucking differently. Here's how we're gonna do things. Like, I come into your world, mm -hmm. and I will study your world. Mm -hmm. You don't come into my world because you already no, know me. It's artificial. Yo, listen, I want to check out mm -hmm. where you're eating, what you're doing, who who are your relationship, what is happening in your life. How you're pursuing happiness right now yeah. in your day-to-day -day habitual or if you want in your day-to-day -day action. How are you pursuing that? Right. I want to know that, not from your mouth, mm -hmm. but I want to see that. Right. Sure. So that's the, the model of proximity, right? Right. Talk to us a, a little bit about that because truly, like, there's a lot of guys that need that out there listening to yeah. this. And there's a lot of guys that truly desire to be surrounded by guys that already have a blueprint 
of success when it comes to business, when it comes to, you know, marriage. At this point, we're truly talking about, like, dude, like, we're talking about, like, like I would stay away from fucking coaching at this point. Mm -hmm. And, like, your program, the way I see it, is mentorship. Because, yeah, okay. you're, like, you're not really, like, you're not really fucking coaching. Yeah. You're, you're, it's a blueprint of your own life. And, and it's something it's what's that works for me. And some, well, yeah. the majority of guys look at that and say, well, I want to have a body like that. Sure. I want to have a relationship like that with my daughters, with my sure. wife. I want to be passionate about helping and serving others. And we'll get to that. How much, you know, how much of your work and all mm -hmm. your athletic journeys have always been about a service component. It's never been a selfish thing about you accomplishing an Ironman. Never. I've fucking witnessed that, man. Never. It's always been you like doing it for the right why and the right cause. Mm -hmm. And in, 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 in response to that, you built this machine, this mm -hmm. athletic machine that at 48 keeps like mm -hmm. keeps growing and growing better than heck, even yeah. like back in the days. Yeah. So inside of that, this is like it's mentorship. You yes. know what I mean? It's yes. like when when you have when somebody comes to you and and they subscribe to your program. Mm -hmm. First of all, man, like it's not going to be cheap because mentors are not cheap. If yeah. you find a mentor that's cheap, it's probably not a fucking mentor. It's a corrupted coach. Yeah. Like, let's just put it out. We talked yeah, about that. I, I ran that? into a 19-year-old no, life coach. Certified, right? Well, what, was, what was the thing you were telling me about certified? Yeah, I, uh, I, I wrote a paper a while back, and um, a couple years back. And it was basically, you know, my, my beef on certified versus qualified. Uh, anybody can get certified. Show up, take the test, pass the test, here's certification. Correct. Uh, but what qualifies you to speak to or act on, on that information? And uh, I believe you, like I said earlier, if you're going to be about it, if you're going to talk about it, be about it. Correct. If I want to take guidance from somebody, I want to know that they've walked in those shoes. Yeah. I don't want to hear that they read a book and they understand it really well and they're a good orator or they can sell me. Or they speak well. Or, they, or they're just, yeah, they just speak well and everything goes well. Or they have a fucking pot, perfect podcast studio where the fucking camera works and the mic doesn't fucking drop. Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> <laughs> I, wa I want to be around people who have done what I want to do, yeah. right? And so to your point, um, yes, I have, within, within my program, I have a walk-in-your-shoes program. Yeah, man, that's and, what I'm talking about. And I think it's artificial to say, like, let's say, Sam, you call me up and you want me to mentor or coach or whatever the word yeah. is that we're using. Well, if, if you leave your home and your, your ring of influence and come to my office, right? Yes. Well, then I'm not seeing you in your essence. Yeah. And I really don't know you. And whose job is it to know who? It's my job to know you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Sam, I can't take 100 clients. I no. don't, I'll never do that. That's I'm, not I'm, your model. I'm a, a half a dozen people that I'll, uh, I'll take at any given time because... When I'm in, I'm all in. Yeah, I know that. I, I'm not halfway. I'm not sending you some internet program. I'm all in. And what that means is I come, I come to my client's house. Yeah. And I spend three or four days with them, and we, we work out, and we work out, and we go. <laughs> I said it twice because we do a lot. Yeah. Uh, we go to the grocery store, and we go to their favorite eating spots, and I spend time with their family, and I maybe stop by their work, and we hang out with some of their friends. But by the time I leave, I know, I know where you are. I know who you are. Yeah. And then I can adapt my blueprint to what we've decided you want to accomplish. Yeah, yeah. Which is ultimately, it's it's intuitive within you. Correct. You know what you, you want. You already know, man. It, there's no coach that's going to tell you what you want. You know what yeah, you want. Yeah, And And the reality is, is you know the destination you want to arrive right, at. Right, But you don't know how to get from where you are today to that destination. And that's where a qualified coach or mentor comes in and says, hey, I see where you are. I see where you want to go. I've lived a life of doing that. I've done that before. I can build you an action plan that is small baby steps built on habits because ultimately, Sam, here's the deal. A successful mentorship means that you and I got together. I mentored you. you it became your life. It became something that is long-lasting for you. And there was, a, there was a completion to it. You're good. I think um, false coaching is when I never quite teach you enough and you always yeah. have to be my client forever. Well, the, the, the primary... Um the primary seed of your program is this pursuit of happiness, right? I, I don't want to paint that. I want to paint that for, for people out there and for the men that are listening to this. Majority of men out there, uh, the majority of men out there, want to work on their finances and make it better for the family. Mm -hmm. The majority of men, including myself, in back in the days, I, I used to believe that when I will make the money, then I will do all these things that we were talking about on the podcast and everything else that I know which is I'm going to be a great father, I'm going to be around for my kids, 
I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to travel with my wife and my kids. I'm going to, you know, go to the church. I'm going to be part of charity. I'm going to I'm going to do 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 all this, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And when I say that, it's because I'm blindfolded by this image that if I have money, then I actually have induced happiness in my life. Mm -hmm. And inside of that, this will be, make me become the man that I said that I would be in, inside of all my projection of the future. Right. The problem with that, that it, it takes quite some time with that. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, six, seven years goes by and your son is now 10, 12, 16, 17. And the image that you had in your mind with you going on a family trip, which was your son at three and four, is no longer there. Mm -hmm. And even if you make the money, he's 16. He doesn't want to fucking travel with you. He want to hang out with, the, with, with his homies. You didn't build a relationship no, in the beginning. No, no. So, yeah. so the key thing here is pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. Because you can, you can be making average money, you can be making a little bit of money, or you can be making a lot of money. doesn't matter. But if you reprogram your subconscious of pursuing happiness versus identifying happiness with finances initially and saying, when I have the money, I will pay. I'm not saying if you don't have money, you know, you'll be miserable. I'm, like, like, I'm not saying if you have a lot of money, you'll be miserable. I'm not, I'm not talking about money and mm -hmm. happiness. I'm talking about this key thing of pursuit of happiness. Right. Because like, it, enough is enough for guys to feel fucking guilty and shame because because they don't have money, they, they cannot be happy. Because they don't have money, they have to beat themselves up in order to become happy one day. No, there is a possibility to be happy now, but you just don't know how. You don't have the blueprint. You don't, you, you don't have a mentor. You don't have a coach. It's the same fucking idiots that are trying to sell you some other shit on the internet mm -hmm. to make you more money. Mm -hmm. And you, buy, you constantly buy these programs and marketing and sales programs only to find yourself not making more money. Mm -hmm. And the idea is what if you give yourself permission to pursue happiness, which means bring harmony into your existing life. Balance. A little bit of balance. Dude, don't fucking change. Yeah. Just bring harmony into it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, you're, you're exactly right, Sam. Like, if money was the common denominator in happiness, then I would expect everybody that's well off or, you know, rich yes. to be happy. Yeah. And that's not the case. Are you sure that's not the case? Uh, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the case, that's man. Not that's the case, not the case. Man. And we see it every day, right? We see it every day. There's still suicides at, at the million dollar levels and. Uh, things that marriages fall apart and kids Dude, hate parents. Like, let's go straight to the fucking work. point. We don't have to see the tragedies to see there's not happiness. Yeah. You know what there is? There's fucking secrets. The more money you have, the more secrets you have, the more lives you, the more lies you carry. Mm -hmm. The more lies you carry, the more you have to hide them. The more you're out of fucking integrity. The more you're far, far, far away from the light, and the farthest you're from the light, the more you have this need to change. Because right. ultimately, I can tell you this: if you're close to the light. If you're close to the divine, you won't have that much of a need of a change. Yeah. And, and you know inherently when you need to change. It's a pressure. It is. When, when you feel that elephant sitting on your chest and you're like, man, I'm working eight hours a week and I'm making $100,000 a month, and, but I'm still I'm living whatever the lie is, that's the harmony that you yes. and I are talking yes. about right now. That means that your life is not harmonized. You're not in balance. Your stool is out of whack. Your platform is not growing. Yes, you may be in that one vein of like just making money or just crushing it yes. right but how are your relationships yes how's your health right and how's your pursuit of happiness money doesn't bring happiness man if that was the case then well, well, don't call my family because they don't have any money and they're happy as heck. Yeah. You, know, like, you go down my extended family, there's not a lot of money over there. They're, they're smiling and happy. And you know, the, 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 power, well. the, the most powerful aspects of De Dr. Derek Price today at 48 is the ability to sit down with someone and just assess current situation. Yeah. We often fuck around with this and send each other pictures in current situation like under, you know, yeah. whatever, a kettlebell or whatever yeah. in the pool. But the reality is, like, hey, man, Here's the current situation, right? The assessment that Dr. Derek Price brings on that particular conversation is life-changing. Yeah. Because there's an exposure of, fuck, okay, I guess I know where I'm at. And I can't really run away because, fuck, you're six foot four and 20, <laughs> and I can catch you. Yeah, I can catch you, man. <laughs> Motherfucker. You can run, but I'll get you. You know, <laughs> you know Sam, it's one of Go those get in the water. That, um, I... I don't know that I'm a great fit for everybody, yeah. right? I'm, I'm a great fit when somebody's at a place, um, and they could be hyper-successful, right? Yeah. 
but they're just like, hey, I want to take that next step. Yeah. Hey, I want to I want to bring everything back in balance. Hey, you know, I really like and I can identify with the fact that health and wellness and my relationships. And, you know, we didn't talk about relationships, but that's not just relationship with your wife. No. That's relationship with yourself. Like, Sam, you don't love yourself. You're done. What are you going to do? Right. If you don't have your health. You know, it, it, what's that thing you told me the other day? Like, oh, yeah. the, the man who has his health, and what, what was I think, that? I think it was uh, the, the guy that has his health has thousand wishes, and when he loses his health, he only has one wishes. Exactly. Well, yeah. Dennis, you, that's exactly, that's exactly what right. you had when your arm was like that, right? Yeah. I, you know, I, when before my arm broke, I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy this, buy that, I'm gonna go this, I wanna be on this video game, and blah blah blah. My arm broke. I was like, all I want is to not hurt. One thing. Well, one thing. That's it. Um, but yeah, so. It's, it's having all of those three things resonate together. And, you know, egotistically, I do believe it's hard for successful men. Mm. Because, it, let's face it, my tar- I can, if I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to be about it. I'm a man. My target audience is that, you know, that 30, 35, up to 65-year-old, yeah. you know, entrepreneur, business owner. If man. you're an old fuck and you're 75, <laughs> do not call Dr. Derek Price. I didn't say that. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I can never tell you what uh, labor and delivery feels yeah. like. So, you know, <laughs> c- can I help women? Of course. And I think we're all equal, but um, that's not, I don't, I can't speak to that. So Obviously. To, to, so to that point. But, um, you know, my, my target is that 35 45, 55 year old guy. And oftentimes, Sam, I come across a lot of people. Right? Yeah. And egos get in the way. And you know that with the work yes. that you do here at Warren. You and Garrett, you know, shout out to Garrett yeah. for starting this whole thing. And for you, um, what you guys are doing is amazing. You guys are changing lives. I love it. I'm attracted to it. And that's why we're You're here. You're part of it, man. Yeah. But um, it is hard for another man to look you in the eye and basically say, I need your help. It is hard. That's hard. It's the hardest thing. As a matter of fact, Sam, as a science experiment, I, I, can, I can put out my cell phone number. Yeah. My cell phone to me, not to my staff, not to my administrators, yeah. to me right now and say, hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you seem to think that your life's out of bounds and it's that health, health and wellness relationships and pursuit of happiness and that makes sense to me, well, call me. Yeah. Hit pause and call me. 480-877-9088. Yeah. Okay. You know how many people are going to call? Probably none, yeah. right? Because, oh, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. Hey, that's, that's the deal. It's that's hard, that's a bold move. Here's my cell phone number, you know, 480-877-9088. Call me. Go to my website. Guaranteed. Hey, I by the way, where is that you. website? Uh, the website, I couldn't get highpoweredlife.com. It was taken. You got a better one. I got myhighpoweredlife.com. You know that. I'm you know ownership that comes yeah. with that shit when you That's type right. it. You're like, my. It's myhighpoweredlife.com. Myhighpoweredlife.com. So the book is coming out. Book's you, coming out. You got out. a podcast coming out. So all podcast. this is is happening in the next yeah. few weeks. Yeah. Uh, excited for you. Excited for uh, for your family. Yeah. And uh, we'll have you here on uh, on uh, another podcast. Well, I think that you're talking with uh, you know my my partner in crime over here is uh, Dan Cirillo. Um, I think that you guys are going to podcast. Yeah, we're going to get Dan Cirillo scheduled. here too. And then uh, we want to have you back here and we want to talk about yeah. a couple of your uh, your life lessons, man. We got I, some fun ones, don't we? Well, yeah. I want to talk about stories. like I want to I want to talk about particularly three ones. Okay. Okay. Uh, actually, four. I want to talk about uh, your experience inside of Kokoro. Definitely want to talk about that and how you, how you, you know, you went through it yourself, but how yeah. you also mentored 27 of those and yeah. all the guys that, you know, are forever grateful to you, including myself, Garrett, or hate me, Coach Jesse, or hate <laughs> you, are, but you know, th- those that are smart yeah. reframe right. it because they know you're, you know, you're right. big and you can run fast. Sure. Uh, and you know jujitsu. Yeah, it helps. Uh, but you don't know Filipino knives. Nah, so, yeah. I, know, uh, I don't. Man, I don't. <laughs> so I, I'm just a student. In I think I think the only special. game I can whoop your ass at is the soccer. Uh, Are you a soccer player? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I can be. You want to play? <laughs> I have a feeling I can like outscale you on that game. I, I don't doubt it. You're a talented. Yeah. Anyway, talented. Um, girls play soccer. What, what do you girls do? So I have three daughters. Yes. I appreciate you letting me bring them up. Um, Kylie, Haley, Sadie. Uh, they are the, with my wife, it's, it's the whole pinnacle. It's what makes me me. Without them, I'm not me. Um, Kylie uh, recently turned 18. Yeah. Very driven human being, wants to be a first responder. Got her EMT while she was still in high school. Had, took her uh, NREMT and passed it first time through. But, you know, so early on that she couldn't even pick up her license until her 18th birthday, wow. right? Uh, and now is doing emergency room work as she's waiting to get on the fire department. Um, and just is all about, you know, uh, helping. Awesome. She wants to help humanity. She wants to be a first responder. And that's her life passion. And that happened years and years ago. It's not something that just came up. 
Haley is a water polo player, yes. you know, and, and amazing. Looks like a princess and just battles you like an Amazon. And, um, if there's any boys out there that want to date Haley, don't swim with her. She'll drown you. <laughs> she thinks it's funny. She can hold her breath forever. And, she'll and her dad can swim pretty fast, too. And I, I can do a little <laughs> swimming. And then, uh, and, but one of the things that makes me the most proud about um, Haley is one day a week she doesn't go to swim practice. She's, a, she's on varsity swim. She does pretty well. Um, she's in a program where she stays back at school to work with special needs students to teach wow. them how to play instruments because Haley uh, plays violin in her orchestra. Wow. Um, and of the accomplishments she does, that one just like that hits me in the heart, you know, like uh, there's no fanfare to that. That's, uh, you know, 16-year-old girl Service, who's man. like, oh, I'm not going to go swim on my swim team today. I'm going to go help special needs students. I wonder where that violin. come from. I love it. makes me happy. And then my youngest one is my little princess, um, little Sadie Love, and Sadie Love is her mama's daughter. Mm. Sadie Love is a dancer, you know, dance, 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 you know, 20 hours a week. And that's, Sam, that's why I have to keep coaching and making money. Because <laughs> I have a kid in dance. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit <laughs> insane. But she's an amazing dancer and um, has a great future ahead of her. Awesome. Yeah, and I have I've came out to your house. We worked out yeah. with your daughter. I had one of my best workouts, me, you, and her, and it was amazing. I, you know, I've shared that multiple times with yeah. you. But I do want you back on the podcast. Yeah, we I'd love to be here. We want to talk about, uh, you know, we obviously want to launch the book, and then we want to talk about the book. We want to also, uh, we want to also talk about your experience at Kokoro and yeah. how you coached uh, many other guys through that. Yeah. We want to talk about your experience at uh, Swimming the English Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Thanks to Will Tabbit for fucking yeah. supporting you and yeah. us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Shout out to Shout out to Will. Will. And then uh, I want to talk about your multiple experiences in Ironman and how yeah. you got me involved to d- some yes, degree. Yes, and yes. Uh, you know, I, I want to. I remember the first time you jumped into open water. <laughs> I remember that. I want to. I want to talk about also, uh, you know, your experiences. We're we're doing all these continuous challenges, physical yeah. challenges you're doing in order to support a variety of charity and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know why you're doing that. So I want to get back to that. That's the exact reason. The why. Yes. You know, and and it's a whole nother discussion, Sam, but. Um, if you don't have a strong why to anything in life you're doing, it's just not going to work out, no matter what it is, right? Uh, have a strong why. And if you don't know what your why is, take five minutes and figure it out. There you have it. Final words from Dr. Yeah. Derek Price. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Derek Price. You can yes, find more sir. about him at my my highpoweredlife.com. Or call me. Or I'll call him. Yeah, I got the phone number, man. You call him directly. Yeah, call me. And uh, we look forward to having him on our future show. Gentlemen, if you oh, want to hear. I got to correct my phone number. Oh, yeah, go ahead. 480 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 877-9788. All right, there you have yeah, it, Yeah, I, I think I said 90. There oh, you no. have it, gentlemen. We got the phone number. Uh, you know when a guy gives his phone number that you're dealing with a the right mentor, you know what I mean? I want to deal with people who want to be dealt with. Most people, what? Read my book, do this. Like That's the kind of guy we have on this kind of show. Straight to the fucking point. Call me. So if this has resonated with you, call Dr. Derek Price. Call me. Happy Uh, to be there. But if if there's a story here that's resonated with you and deep down inside, you feel that there's a man inside of your life that could benefit from this conversation, my only request for you is to forward this podcast to him. I don't care if he's going to su- subscribe to the podcast. I don't care if he's going to become a fan. None of that stuff. It's truly if you feel deep down inside of your heart that everything that me and Dr. Price said today can actually true, truly help a man, help his family, help his help his wife. And just, just by forwarding that to you, you forward it, you pass it, and you move on. Uh, that's all we ask for. That's why I just pay it forward. And gentlemen, have yourself a fantastic week. You can find uh, more of our audio, video, and as well as transcript of this podcast on warriorweeknow.com. Until next time. Thanks for being on the show, Dr. Thanks. Derek Price. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it.